Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about putting God in a box. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about the danger of putting limits on God in our mind. I've got a cat named Barry, and last fall, uh, he ran away from home to go on some sort of adventure. And I, I was pretty upset about it. I went around the neighborhood for a few hours looking, but it turns out if a cat doesn't want to be found, probably won't find them. So finally, I went back home, and I set out some food in a box on the front porch. And that afternoon, I looked out the window, and there he was, as happy as could be, sitting in that box. And he loved that box, so much so that when I brought him inside, he sat by the front door, and he just pawed, and he meowed, and he meowed, and I figured he just wanted to go back outside and explore. I, that's what he had a fun time doing for the entire day. But no, I went outside. I got that box off the porch and brought it in. He immediately stopped whining. He just wanted to be back in that box. Now, of course, there's nothing special about the box now. It once held something that was valuable, but that was gone. And it was just a leftover box I had in the garage. So what had once made it valuable, its contents were now gone. Barry didn't care about that. He didn't care what it used to be in the box or how much that was worth. It was just a place he could stay warm until he could be back inside and out of the weather. But Barry still wanted to be in the box even when he was back. That is what doubt can do to us. And we're gonna see how today. You know, throughout scripture, there are a few different words used for doubt. For example, there's the word diacrino, means to hesitate. That's the word Jesus used when he said, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt or hesitate in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Then there's the Greek word dastazo, which means doubt. And that's the word used when Peter walked on the water and Jesus came out walking on the water and Peter asks if he could do the same. And Jesus says, sure, come on out. And Peter walks out on the water and he's almost to Jesus, but then he begins to feel the wind and he sees the waves and he takes his eyes off Jesus and he begins to sink and he cries out for help and Jesus reaches down and pulls him up out of the water and when they get into the boat, Jesus asks him, why did you doubt? And then the word used in John chapter 20 about Thomas, the apostles doubt, is a pistos. The Greek word pistos means faith. The ah, the beginning of the word means no. So pistos literally means no faith. Thomas had no faith in that moment. So there seems to be different kinds of doubt. There's the kind of doubt where I want to pray for something, but I hesitate because it seems too bold, so I hesitate. I don't want to ask that big of a request of God. Then there's the kind of doubt where, like Peter on the water, I suddenly feel overwhelmed by my circumstances, and I take my eyes off of Christ for a moment and find myself focusing more on the crashing waves around me. We shouldn't doubt like that. But we do. It's almost normal for us to hesitate once in a while or to become overwhelmed by our circumstances. But this final form of doubt, the kind of doubt that Thomas had, epistos, this is a different kind of doubt. It's a dangerous form of doubt. The other flavors of doubt will slow us down in our faith or cripple us. But the kind of doubt this epistos is about, this kind of doubt that will uh, result in no faith, that will destroy us. This kind of doubt will cut us off from God. 
Paul warned Titus to be pure, all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe, meaning epistos, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted in Titus 1.15. The writer of Hebrews warns the Christians he's writing to, Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, apostia, leading you to fall away from the living God, Hebrews 3.12. And Revelation declares, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, there's that word again, epistos, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death, Revelation 21.8. When doubt becomes epistos, without faith, it becomes deadly. It's the kind of doubt that puts God in a box. When we think God can somehow be limited by what we see and what we know and what we can understand, that's the doubt Thomas had when he demanded to see the risen Savior and touch his wounds. He didn't understand that God is not limited by death. Sure, Jesus had talked about coming back three days later, but surely he wasn't serious. He was a good teacher, but come on. Thomas didn't have faith that God was bigger than what he could understand. He put Christ in a box. But we're hard on Thomas pretty often for his doubt. But truly, you know, all of the disciples were guilty of Episto's doubt at some point. In Mark chapter 6, we read that uh, people discovered where Jesus was and they, they were crowding around him, wanting to touch him. And Jesus had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They wanted healing. They wanted to hear him teach. And so he let them come. And as the day turned to evening, the disciples got together and said, let's send them home so that they can uh, go and get something to eat. But Jesus surprised them by saying, no, you go and get them something to eat. Don't send them off. Provide food for them. Now, according to the Gospel of John, this was when uh, Jesus asked the question to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? In John chapter 6, verse 5. And John tells us that Jesus asked this question deliberately because he asked this only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do in John chapter 6, verse 6. And Philip, the apparent pragmatic one in the group, said, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. I'm currently planning a wedding. I think I've said that exact phrase in the past month, that it would take half a year's wages to buy bread for each one to have a bite. But it was clear here that Jesus was setting his disciples up for a lesson. We already heard that Jesus knows how he's going to do this, but he asks his disciples to go out and find how much food was available. They round up five loaves, two fish, the contents of a boy's lunch. Like Thomas, who later would doubt the resurrection, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up now. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus knew exactly how far it would go. So Jesus then took the loaves, John tells us, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. And so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. And after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. 
So the apostles, they put God in a box. They came with, with uh, five loaves and two fish. They didn't understand what God was going to do. They believed that God was limited by what they could understand, and they could not understand making that little of food go to so many people. And so Jesus showed them just how foolish their lack of faith, epistos doubt, was. But John's gospel goes on to tell us that the next day, the crowd came back and they put God in a box in a different way. They wanted more food from Jesus. As John chapter 6, verse 26 tells us, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. These people, they were looking for a free lunch from Jesus. And so Jesus said, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Too often, we look at God like my cat looked at that box I set out on the front porch. He liked the box because it had been a safe, warm place when he was outside. But my cat didn't realize once he was inside, the whole house was safe and warm. These people who came back to Jesus, they were just looking for table scraps. When they were being offered eternal life, they limited Jesus to the box they could wrap their heads around that was once offered. And in the process, they weren't enjoying the true gift he was offering. Our God is not limited by what we understand. He is the almighty Lord, and we can trust that reality. Remember the words Christ said that day, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give you. Do not doubt the Lord and do not limit him, because if you do, you will risk losing the true reward that he offers. That will do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey there, thank you for listening through this episode of Rooted Daily. We think it's so important that you grow with Christ continually, using the Word of God as your only foundation. That's why we release these episodes every weekday, so that you can root yourself daily in the Bible. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you don't miss us. And if you think a friend would benefit from hearing this good news, hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready now to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com.